This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my co-host, Alan, from Pixel Partners. How are you, buddy? I am awesome. Thanks, Greg. How are you doing today, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, this is uh, exciting. This is the, the last part of our series. I know. How good is it? I mean... Is it? It's been, oh, look, it's been such a great journey. Yes, it is good. It's, it's been <laughs> cool. such a great journey, getting great feedback, and, and I think this will wrap it up really, really nicely. So, listener, if you've just tuned in and you haven't listened to the previous episodes, this is the last episode of a six-part series where we're talking about the six principles of influence in web design. Right, which is something that Greg is just a little bit of an expert on. Now, in each episode, we've done one of the six principles. Now, um, look, this episode will still make sense without it. However, I do encourage you to dial back, go to therealmagic.com and listen to the first five episodes and it'll actually just come together really, really nicely. And uh, look, I'd almost go as far as saying I guarantee that even if you implement just a sliver of this information, you are going to have huge uh, results. If you can manage to implement all of it, then you know, hold on for the ride. Today, Greg, you're going to do the last part, which is consensus, which is a very fancy sounding word. But can you tell <laughs> us what is consensus? Yeah, sure, man. It is fancy. It's a fancy name for what everybody else thinks, essentially. So on websites, mostly, you know, we call this social proof. That's a more common term for, for consensus. So call it what you like. Yeah, it's essentially where other people say that you, sorry, they say that you do what you say you do, if you know what I mean. So it's letting other people talk for your products and service rather than you trying to talk them up. Um, they'll let other people know how good your, your business is, essentially. So it's pretty much today's digital version of referrals, right? Yeah, Kind is, of, yeah. right? But whereas referrals were very one-to-one, what you're doing is now you're letting uh, your customers speak on your behalf when somebody interacts with you, which is a semi-referral. You know, it's a third party saying, you know, hey, this guy really does do what he says he does. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just taking that one step further and you can have, um, you know, you might just have one referral offline, but if you're putting this on your website, you can have as many referrals as you can possibly fit on there. And I do encourage to to use as much social proof as possible. It's one of the biggest um, influences, you know, out of this six to get people to, to trust you essentially. Yeah. And, de- and especially look on that sort of the number you have, like, you know, I do get asked that how many testimonials, how many case studies. And I think, um, on a previous episode, we spoke to John Dwyer about this, you know, he has a bunch of case studies because not everybody is the same. And if he has them all there, then they can find the one that they relate to the most, and they'll engage with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And because we're talking about, you know, putting it on your website, there's certain places that you should put it on your website. And personally, I think it you should have some form of social proof on pretty much every page of your website. And we'll talk sort of, you know, where, where that should be later. But yeah, if it's on the homepage, for instance, uh, you know, which is just like a gateway to get to other bits of your website, you really want to show some social proof above the fold, you know, in that top section of your site. So as soon as people land on it, they can see, yeah, what you do, etc. You might have a USP and a, and a lead magnet and an image or a video, a few benefits, but you also want to show 
the social proof aspect on that first section of the page so people really understand that oh yeah this this is a, a serious business and and it, you know it's working for other people nice so i mean yeah look listen you know we've designed hundreds of websites obviously so um that's over time we, we sort of figured out that most good converting websites are based on these six principles and that's you know why we're sharing it on this podcast so that you can uh, implement these as well and so yeah consensus you know why should you use consensus so basically consensus is one of the most important things you can have on your website because people are skeptical and they and it all comes down to trust essentially they tend not to trust your website on their first visit so you know what we want to do is just try and convince them that um, that your stuff is awesome so social proof is a, a huge influencer for that. Um, and, you know, what they usually do, they, they look to see if others are saying that your stuff really works. And, you know, if you're on an e-commerce site or a services website, I know that's what I do as well. I, I always look for, you know, testimonials or case studies. Case studies are hugely powerful, which we'll talk about shortly as well. But, Al, you got any comments so far, buddy? Yeah, look, and e even if you're a, a more of a product type of business, you know, reviews are, are, are great. I mean, mm -hmm. I always, when I'm buying a product from an e-com site, I dive into the reviews and it infuriates me when I see manufactured reviews and you can really tell when they're manufactured. And, and yeah, you know, so there's plenty of ways to, to do that. Oh, look, I love your comment that people are distrusting online. I don't think people take that into consideration, you know, why... You know, when somebody picks up, when you hand somebody a brochure at a live event or something like that, there's a credibility to you and your business because you're there. They can see you, they can feel you, they can touch you, they can talk to you. Or hopefully not touch you, but you know what I mean. They, <laughs> can, they can interact with your business. If you've got a trade displaying, you're demonstrating your products, it's all there. Whereas there's a disconnect with the web that doesn't have that extra level of interaction. So by having other people proclaim how their experience was with you, it's, you know, definitely going to go a long, long way. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're just going to talk about a few different ways and different forms of social proof. So, um, one of the the most common ways is to have a written testimonial, for, you know, from existing clients and they're essentially endorsing your, your products or services. One thing you, you must make sure of is that these testimonials are real. You, you know, you do risk killing your reputation if you get caught making them up. So, you know, I guess that goes with all these principles that, that we've discussed on this podcast series. You want to make sure everything's real and you don't abuse any of these principles. And so, yeah, essentially what you can do to help the believability factor of testimonials is simply just add photos of these people that are leaving the testimonials. Um, or you can have, add a, a logo of the business that, you know, that this person works for. Um, and all these things are going to help that believability. But, you know, people can still be skeptical even with all that stuff so to take it one step further if you add a video testimonial there's a much higher chance it'll be believable i mean you can't really fake a video testimonial from a client it's a pretty hard thing to do i don't know you can i mean a lot of uh, big brands do it on tv all the time you know they have these <laughs> cheesy looking actors that are that are talking to the screen about how white their white clothes are and you just look at it and you go you're not a real housewife you're not a real mechanic you're not a real whatever so i, th I think it's transparent if you if you don't do it you know honesty and being ethical you know you're gonna not only you're gonna get caught out but people will just lose all that 
trust. I mean, we had the five other principles that were all about building. A lot of them were about building trust, right? Yep. And we've all, we said in the, the previous episodes, you do one thing wrong and you could burn all that, that work. Yeah, fully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, video testimonials, they don't need to be extremely polished. And sometimes they're more believable if they are just done on an iPhone, you know. So, yeah, don't, uh, don't go to the extent that, it, you know, hiring an actor like a TV commercial would. Just try and keep them as real as possible. They'll be more believable. Look, I'm going to ask you a question, right? A lot of people are not comfortable getting in front of a camera and talking. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I've got a couple of tips and tricks on how to get around this if you can't get this video testimonials. But have you ever had that issue where in a market they just can't get their customers to do a face-to-camera oh, testimonial yeah. or case study? And and do you have a, a clever solution? I Look, unfortunately, I don't have a clever solution for that. There are industries, you know, I know I've got a friend who's got a business that sells um, like wigs for men, you know, they're going bold and there's no way known he can get a video testimonial. Like people just want to hide that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know what the solution is. Like even on his social media, he can't get people to interact and engage and like his stuff because they'll be seen as liking, you know, and, and they might get found out sort of thing. So yeah, I don't know. In that case, it, it is a tough one. Look, I I, I, here's a, here's a great tip for you, right? So if, if the best you can get is a written testimonial, right? And I know we're going to talk about other types of social proof later on, and maybe we'll revisit how to get written testimonials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the best you can get is a written testimonial, what you can do is you can have a video made where it is clearly showing the product that was purchased by that person, mm-hmm. right? You can put uh, the product name in text and the person's name from the testimonial on the screen, and you can have a voiceover artist read the written testimonial. So what you have is an engaging video, and this is like drawing a very, very fine line between making up testimonials, because really you're not making up the testimonial. You're having a voiceover artist read it for you. And I look, I don't think that's ethically wrong as long as you don't distort the testimonial, you know, mm, that you're yeah. telling. Honestly, you could easily cut together four or five written testimonials without having the person do face the camera. You're featuring the product. So the person makes a connection to the fact that, oh, this person speaking bought this product and the testimonial is being read. So that's a great way to get a testimonials video without necessarily having somebody face the camera. Um, yeah, I yeah. do think it only works if you can put their name or something relevant and connect it to the purchase. If it's just, uh, you know, uh, it's been said this, da, 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 it doesn't quite work, you know. If it says, you know, it has Johnny reading it and, and Johnny's name, Johnny purchased XYZ product and you have the voiceover artist reading Johnny's testimonial, it gives it some some reality and some credibility. Yeah, it almost turns into a case study. So we are going to talk a little bit more about that shortly. But uh, it, you've just made me realise that we've done a website recently for a psychologist and they're actually not allowed to show any social proof in the form of testimonials on their website. It's illegal. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so what we had to do instead was just turn them into case studies essentially. And we couldn't use people's names, but yeah, we pretty much put it together the way you just described that video, but just in a, a visual written format. So yeah, there you go. We got there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, what are we up to? All right, cool. So yeah, like, um, I mean, just on my site, for instance, studioondesign.com, uh, we use a combination of all these things. And, you know, my homepage is pretty much covered in social proof. 
um, you know, we have like just our, our offer, etc., video. Um, under that, we have faces of, of influencers, essentially. And these are influencers that I know a lot of my target audience know, like, and trust. So I, I put them above the fold. Um, then we have some videos from, from, you know, the same sort of people, um, which are highly believable. Then even our folio section is a form of social proof as well, um, you know, showing that we've done websites for for you know all sorts of businesses that people might scan through and go oh, yeah it's similar to my business etc but it's another form of social proof and then at the very bottom we have logos of um of businesses that we've helped now in my last version of my website we didn't have anywhere near as much social proof and when we update it to the new version you know the i mean the yeah the conversions increase a lot but we get a lot more inquiries as well so yeah having that social proof really helps and i guess having social proof if you take it one step further from influencers in your or not so much in your industry but that your industry would know then that's going to take it one you know one level higher for the trust factor definitely yeah basically i mean you want to be careful as well with social proof you want to make sure it doesn't get too old i mean a testimonial from five years ago is probably too old um maybe even two years i'm not sure it just depends on you know your your business etc but yeah make sure you review them you know at least every every quarter or every six months make sure they're completely relevant to your to your audience that's what we do yeah i mean it has to be part of your normal business and marketing and design process you know you need to be actively getting this stuff yeah absolutely yeah just speaking of you know getting video test testimonials from authorities you know you can you can reach out to to authorities in in your industry or whatever and, you know, you could potentially ask them for a, a video testimonial of, of your product or service. You know, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is you could potentially lower your price to get them to give you a, a video testimonial uh, in return. And we've done that a, a couple of times. Um, yeah. And it's just, it really does help. So it's just another little tip there. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's not that you're discounting your product. Uh, no, it's that you're making you're that part of your marketing costs because those testimonials are so powerful. They are, and they're valuable as, yeah. So, absolutely. I think we, we took off, you know, $500 to get a testimonial from one of the influencers. And, yeah, to me, that's really well, you know, money really well spent because, yeah, a lot of people look up to this person. And I guess what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't do that um, with every one of your uh, clients. But if you can throw one in here and there that's an authority, give them a, an incentive to give you a video testimonial, why not? And look, I mean, you can almost be, and again, it depends on whether you're a service business, whether you're a product business, you can almost be just a little bit shameless if you want to actually do a testimonial campaign and you can send out some products yeah. and actually say, with a, with a really nicely written letter saying, listen, we've sent you this product for free. We, we respect that you are well known in the industry that we're in. We'd like you to have a look at our product, review our product, try our product at no cost to you. And if you like the product, all we ask is that you do a little face to camera, 30 second video of what you thought uh, of our product or our service. Yeah. You know? So that's definitely... You know, that, that becomes a, a little marketing campaign of its own. Exactly. I've seen that a lot on uh, e-commerce sites where they'll actually turn that process into a competition so people can, you know, win extra products, etc. if they review the products. And, yeah, it's a really smart way to, to get Yeah, more well, I'm about to launch one in a, in a sort of a, a kid's toys market where we're going to give away 
a BMX bike worth a thousand dollars, right? Uh-huh. That's a pretty trick BMX bike. To go in the running for it, you have to take photos of you on your bike with this particular product that we're selling and post it on Facebook. Yeah, that's a great example. So there's a massive amount of social proof because if 50, 100, 200, 300 people post photos of them with their bike and, you know, look happy and enjoy it, I've just generated well more than $1,000 worth of marketing in that activity. Yeah, gold, man. Well done. That's a great strategy. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, even more powerful than testimonial endorsements, which is what they are, essentially, uh, case studies. So, a case study is using somebody else's story, really, to show that your business has helped or, you know, helped solve their problem, essentially. So, I mean, a really good example that I've found, I had a look online, and um, Active Campaign do this really well. They have a case study section. They have about, say, a dozen or so case studies, and they show their client situation before they use their product you know why they came to them essentially and they showed in detail how they use their product they go they show screen grabs of their you know their funnels and and just everything that they use to achieve a better result and then they show the result that they achieved after using active campaign and i just think that's absolute gold um you know i love it because throughout the the case study they are educating their visitors with how their product works and yeah that's just killer yeah, that that is fabulous. Because I mean, there's I think there's two types of videos that that any uh, business should have on their video. And one is, what does it look and feel like when you use our service or our product? And mm-hmm. the other is a case study. And they've kind of managed to bring that together. They have indeed. Yeah, no, it's really clever. I encourage you to check it out. And, you know, I guess it depends on, on your business. You might think that's amazing, but, you know, your small business sounds like a lot of effort, which it is. Um, so we've just got a framework, which is just a basic set of five questions that I'll go through now so that you can essentially ask your clients for a case study slash testimonial type of thing. So do you want to hear them? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool, man. So, um, so number one is what problem or frustration did you have with your situation before you came to us? Number two, where were your objections? Sorry, what were your objections before you decided to choose us and why did you choose us? It's really good sometimes, you know, addressing those objections because I find, um, you know, that there might be something that you don't even know why they're you know, why they're objecting to, to use your services. And just by asking that question, you get to learn more about your customer as a whole. Number three, how did we help your business and what are the results after using our products or services? Now, uh, sorry, number four, how was your experience dealing with our business? I think that's an important one as well. And number five, would you recommend us to others? And yeah, if you just get somebody to answer those questions, preferably, you know, in front of a, a video or even just written, that's a good case study essentially. And then you could potentially ask the client to, you know, if you could use it on your website and you could fill it out with imagery as well. So just a couple of quick tips on that. If you're doing a video testimonial, have the person say back the question before they say the answer. So where where your question might be, what was the problem or frustration that you had 
prior to coming to us, they would say back to you, you know, prior to working with Pixel Partners, I had a massive problem with delivering on large versions of uh, packaging that needed 100 different variations, Mm -hmm. right? So have them read it back because then you can edit it together really nicely and you don't have to have you asking the question and you don't necessarily have to have text at the bottom of the screen or anything like that so you can make it a very clean and nice uh, video. And uh, for everybody who's sitting there going, oh, this is just way too hard. How do I make these videos? Uh, are, are you going to talk about this or, or can I have 30 Go seconds? Go for it, to- man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So any smartphone, right? iPhone 6, no problems, right? A $70 lav mic, which is a lapel mic with a $20 or $15 extension cable so you can have the camera far enough back. And you can buy a tripod adapter for an iPhone to sit on the top of a nice little tripod. And it doesn't have to be a fancy tripod because the, the iPhone is, or any smartphone is quite light. And you've got a testimonial production kit for probably under $100, yeah, exactly. excluding having to buy the smartphone if you don't already have one. Killer. And that uh, lav mic, uh, well, the brand, which you didn't mention, but it's probably various brands, but the one that we use is Rode, R-O-D-E. Yeah. So check and- them out. And for the Aussies listening, that's a good Australian company. And for the non-Australians listening, Rode's one of the best in the world of, of making microphones, and they are known globally for their for their great products. But you know, there's a dozen different ways to do it. I mean, just having the 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 important thing with a testimonial video, I believe, even if the audio is a bit dodgy, if the video is a bit dodgy, the audio needs to be clean, crisp, and clear. If it sounds hollow, mm-hmm. if it sounds like it's from a smartphone microphone, it does lose its impact a little bit because people don't like listening to bad audio so it's a super simple kit you know what greg i'm going to take a photo of my little testimonial kit and i'll post it below this episode (laughs) i love it yeah do that man we'll put these five questions in there as well but uh, yeah that's a great tip most people would prefer to put up with uh crappy video than crappy audio so yeah definitely great tip keep that in mind all right so we've mentioned um other a few other ways like uh we use the folio on our website so yeah if you're a designer or you know if you create any type of products where you can show your your clients uh interacting with your products even then that's um you know it's another a form of social proof and we did that recently with a, a website that we designed for an art gallery and or for an artist essentially and he, he has two art galleries and so what we did on the home page we had a whole section dedicated to a recent event that he he ran at his art gallery where he hired a band and he had heaps of people over and they're all having fun having you know drinks whatever and so that's just turned his website into this massive you know or just that section alone just gives the people a feeling that his his artwork is more approachable and and you know just gives you more of a social feeling and it, it just works really well they were so wrapped when we came up with that idea but yeah it's just you know because he sells like you know ten thousand twenty thousand dollar images which are photography but they're just done in this beautiful way but yeah so just adding more social proof to prove that you know his stuff is awesome you know and, and not just saying that but using other people to show that they really love his stuff as well um, using this gallery idea helped a lot Oh, look, you know what? Um, I can't remember who the previous guest was that that talked about it, but uh, this is one of my gripes. You know, you go to a a retail uh, chain or retail store's website, Mm -hmm. and if you're lucky, you'll see a photo of what the store looks like on the inside, 
right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of the big chains, I think, get this fundamentally wrong, you know, like Kmart, Big W, Target, they don't have photos on their website of what their stores look like on the inside, right? Yeah. Restaurants, cafes, yep. they always have these beautifully set up photos with nobody in them. Yeah, exactly. You know, have atmosphere, have buzz in your images and your videos. You know, if you're a cafe, put a photo of a full cafe and people eating a big variety of food, you know. So, and it doesn't take much to do. People will be happy to sign a, a model release to allow you to use them in the images. Just on a busy morning, walk around and say, listen, I'm going to give you all a free breakfast uh, or half price off your breakfast and, uh, you know, try one of our smoothies or coffees for half price. If you let us take a bunch of photos and they'll say yes, and that way you can get all your menu items out on the tables and get it out there. So, yeah. And we've said before, Al, that, you know, we don't go into a restaurant if, uh, if there's nobody in it. So, there's people in it and you show that on your website, people are going to be more likely to, to come in. Yeah, look, if you're a retailer, get a few people into your store and do a walkthrough of your store showing where everything is in the store. You know, this is going to drive traffic to your business. It's going to get the phones ringing. It's going to get heads through doors. You know, everybody gets this so inversely incorrect, if that's the right way to tell me. They're always trying to show clean, crisp, no customers, very sterile. You know, yeah, activity generates activity. So if people yeah. see that there's a bunch of people in there, there's more people are going to go in there. So. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. That's social proof. So. Cool. And so back to the website. So the way you can show social proof or consensus, another way I should say, is to use numbers. So people resonate with numbers because they're so easy and quick to, to read. And, you know, numbers are facts essentially. So to give you an example, WP Curve do this really well in my opinion. They have above the fold in their, you know, on their homepage, they have things like 44,000 jobs completed since June 2013, 39 team members, and these numbers are quite large, 24-7 worldwide, 4,000 jobs completed this month, 1,000 current active customers, and all this is just a really good, clear, and easy-to-read form of social proof that can be a lot more impactful than having a longer testimonial. Absolutely. And look, if you don't have spectacular numbers like that, you can do related numbers. You know, 44,000 people have this problem per year on average. Nice. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be we helped 44,000 people because you might be a brand new business. This might be the first week of your operation, but you can use that kind of social proof uh, that are statistics that are readily available that you can publish um, to help people understand that they're not alone in this journey. So. Mm, nice that's a great tip man <laughs> cool so yeah and infusionsoft as well they do this well they have you know thirty thousand small businesses thrive with infusionsoft but it's also showing their target market in that which is what i love about that you know it's saying small businesses and you know it's a benefit you know thriving with with their product essentially so yeah they, they did a lot there with so many or so few words i should say yeah, they were very, very specific. Like yeah, they, exactly. Like you can fit yourself into that model if you read that that sentence. Yes, you got it, yeah. So, and what we like to do with numbers on a website to draw a bit of attention to them is as you're scrolling down the page, it could trigger an animation of that number. So it might start to zero and count up to a 1,000 if that's the number that it's going to stop at. Um, so, yeah, it's just a way of attracting a bit more attention. It doesn't 
doesn't keep animating, it just stops. So it's usually just triggered by a scroll action, a parallax effect that's that's called oh, <laughs> for the that's techos. Cool. I, I really <laughs> like that actually because, I mean, you can do a variety of animated numbers, countdown clocks and things like that, but uh, to get somebody's attention while, as soon as they start to scroll, that is pretty cool actually. Yeah, and it's only like a second or two of animation, you know. So, um, yeah, I find that's, you know, a pretty good visual um key to to help conversions or at least get your attention <laughs> definitely another thing you can do you know if you don't have much social proof is you can leverage from other people's social proof so you know if you write you know featured in and you've got you know it might be i don't know whatever some some bigger online presence or another business in general then you're kind of leveraging their social proof as well so yeah just keep that in mind and you might even want to advertise on some of those bigger publication style um, websites and then you know legally you can say that you're featured on if you do some remarketing or, or things like that then there's a good chance that people will see you if they've been on your site on one of those um, other uh, authority sites so yeah you can leverage so this is a bit of a as seen on tv type yeah approach, type you know? of thing exactly. so position yourself in good places and then tell people that you've been there Definitely, absolutely. And it's a really good one for people that, that, you know, are just starting out because, you know, realistically, you can you can just do what I said and, and choose particular websites and advertise on those websites. And when you use remarketing and, and you've written, you know, as seen on whatever it is, CNBC or whatever the case is, and that's on your website. And people might go to that website to check where is this person. And then if you use remarketing, they'll see your ad and they go, wow, that's cool. You know, So, yeah, it's a way you can leverage. Well, that's getting really complex, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit of a tricky one. But look, I, I get the idea. The idea is you know, position yourself well. You can use a remarketing pixel so that your ads do show when people go back. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think there's other third-party types of, of um, social proof that you can use. So you can, you know, if you don't have case studies, if you don't have the testimonies, if you don't have the social proof, and you provide a service that resolves a problem and maybe already exists. So, you know, you could say something like, as you can see, this particular business rebranded um, and they spent all this money on rebranding and the result was X, Y, Z. And this is the type of result you can expect when you work with us rebranding your business. Yeah. Does it? Does that make sense? So it's, yeah, it does, it's, yeah. It's showing the success somebody else has had. You're not, you don't say that you did it, right? You've got to be clear on that. Yeah. You can even credit the company or agency that might have, have done it without leaking leads. And this is obviously something to support your unique selling proposition, so it should work well. But you can use those third-party social proof as long as you are delivering that same type of product or service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. And so you mentioned earlier about ratings and reviews, etc. And and that is a really good way to to show social proof, especially on e-commerce websites. And the the thing is, though, you want to make sure that people believe them. And so there are some tools out there, like some services that will feed in live reviews. Like for instance, if you have and you know pro- if you have your own website and you also have your products on, say Amazon, there'll be a plugin that you can use that will bring in Amazon's live reviews. So it just proves that it, it is absolutely legitimate. And if you click on it, you'll actually go off to the site, which is a leakage point, but um, it, it is extra proof. 
What do you think about good reviews versus bad reviews? Yeah, great question. I believe that a small percentage of negative reviews can actually increase conversions because it's more believable. In fact, it's not just my belief. It has been proven according to, you know, some conversion uh, podcasts that I that I listen to and some conversion blogs that I follow. Um, yeah, so just having a small percent, it might be, you know, maybe 5%. Um, you wouldn't want, say, 50% negative reviews <laughs> because then people won't want to buy your products. I think you better be pulling the pin on your product. If you've got, <laughs> if you've got 50% negative <laughs> reviews, then I think there's something that, does need to be done about your product. You got it. And that it. would be a good time to take it off your website. But <laughs> look, I agree with you. There's, uh, you know, I actually hunt for negative reviews when I'm looking at purchasing a product that I haven't purchased before. Nice. Because what I want to do is I want to see what problems people have had yeah. and are they repetitive, you know. So it, you talk about 5%. If there was a 1,000 reviews, I look at the, the bottom 5%. And I say, well, what problem have they had? Is it a re- a, the same thing recurring? And that will help me make a decision to purchase. And just because I've seen negative rev- reviews, for me, definitely does not stop me making the purchase. I just want to get a feel for what kind of problems people have had so that I'm yeah, aware of it. I couldn't agree more, man. I do the same thing. I, I look for the negative reviews, absolutely. And I, I also judge them on, you know, a lot of people that leave negative reviews, they're kind of negative people as well. So, um, you know, a lot more people won't put in the effort for a positive review as a negative review. So just keep that in mind as well. But yeah, so that's... So so hang on, on that, what you're saying is for every one person that's done a negative review, they're probably just the one. For every one person that's does a done a positive review there's probably 20 other people that like the product but haven't gone to the effort of making the review yeah exactly right exactly right i mean you know that's i don't know if that's a proven statistic but um i think it would be about right yeah, I was just pulling numbers out of the air. Please, nobody, <laughs> don't quote me on this because uh, I don't want to get raked across the coals if somebody's actually got correct statistics. On <laughs> you got it. Well, that's the beauty of this podcast. This is all our opinion, you know. So yeah, it's our and, show. And if you don't like it, <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> listen to the next episode. You might like it on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So yeah, just getting back to where to locate the social proof on your website. We've talked about the homepage. That's really important. But you know, if it's an e-commerce, I would put it on your like if you can above the fold. Some reviews, you know, on the product page and the category page and. Even on the checkout pages, I think is crucially important because you don't know at what point people get cold feet and might pull out of that sale. So if you have social proof reiterating the fact that your stuff is awesome all the way through to checkout, I think that's um, going to boost conversions for sure. I agree with you, Greg. I'm just going to put a little side note here. Mm -hmm. Balance it out. You know, um, and we're testing at the moment the difference between having reviews and testimonials on the product page just above the add to cart button to a face the camera uh, personal guarantee from the founder and the personal guarantee is getting a really good response you know yeah. so social i think social proof is important but if you've done a really good job of social proof all the way up to that point you should test a few different things for the trust you know, at that point, they're pretty close to buying. The social proof is definitely going to help if you've got nothing else, but look at what else is at, uh, at every stage as well. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you don't want it to be distraction. Like, for instance, I wouldn't have videos. I would just have like a really short, sweet quote or, you know, section from a testimonial that's really benefit-driven. 
Just to reiterate that point, yeah. And rotate them. You can have plugins that will rotate the testimonials as well so that if people go to that product at different times, because sometimes people will actually go to the product and the checkout multiple times before they purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have a different testimonial popping up at that point too. Yeah. uh, But when you say a rotator, I mean, that's good because there's always going to be a different one there, but you want to make sure that it doesn't rotate in front of their eyes because it is a distraction and it could take... Oh, no, definitely not. It's it's So if I come to the page today and I'm still umming and ahhing about buying the product or the service and I come back tomorrow to the same page, it'll have mm-hmm. a different testimonial there, but not, not rotating in front of you because that is irritating. There's nothing... I see that all the time and I'm halfway through reading a testimonial and it flicks off the screen and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, oh... I don't know if that was good or not because I didn't get to finish. Yeah, yeah, it's super annoying. And, uh, yeah, it kills conversion. So, yeah, great point. Yeah, every time the page is refreshed or reloaded or revisited, have something randomly placed out of the you know the 10 or so testimonies that you have in there. Um, all right, so now we're going to talk about social media, um, you know, just, just quickly because we are essentially talking about websites. But social media really does help uh, your website when it comes to social proof and, you know, you, you can you can use social media like um, widgets, etc., on your website, but you have to be careful where you place them. If you put them above the fold, you have to remember that it is a leakage point. They can go off to social media um, through that link and get lost and never come back in that vortex of stuff. So yeah, just make sure. What we like to do anyway is show. We like to show people that you have a lot of fans and followers, but we like to keep that generally in the footer of the website. So if they've scrolled all the way down the page, they've engaged with your page, and then you know it's just another form of social proof. I I believe it's a better spot to to keep those type of um, you know proof elements. Uh, yeah, look, definitely if it's a leakage point, you know, if it's yeah. somewhere where they can click and then go off your site, it is going to impact you. You know, video views, I think, is a is one that you should have right there with the videos, you know. So if you've got a, a video that's on YouTube, have it show how many times it's been viewed. Particularly, look, you know, it's funny, actually, because talking about social proof here, right, this one's very relevant. I, I go to people's sites, right, and they'll have a video of some sort, whether it be a product video, whether it be an ad video where they're talking about their business, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I have this thing that if I don't see it, I actually click through to YouTube and I have a look to see how many people have viewed the video, right? And I get there and it's like 18, right, or 24. And I just think to myself, well, okay, so they've made this video, but nobody is watching it. Mm -hmm. So here's a little tip for you, right? You can do things like video views campaigns, right, with the sole purpose of getting people to watch your video. So you're not advertising your product. You're just asking people to watch your video. And you can do it on YouTube and you can do it on Facebook. You know, now, when I see a video and I see 35,000 views, I'm more likely to click play and watch it all the way to the end to find out why the other 35,000 people have done it. And I'll tell you honestly, you can do this for like one cent and two cents per view Mm -hmm. if you've got a good ad manager managing your work. Yeah, that's true. And I'm going to take one step further and say, have that video of a testimonial. Oh, de- de- look, look uh, my, my point is, is any video you're going to use, if it's the first time you're putting it up, go to the effort of doing a video views campaign with Google AdWords and Facebook and get some views clocked up. I mean, we recently did a campaign where we're trying to launch a product and 
you know, nobody was watching the video in its own stance, mm -hmm. right? So we probably spent, I mean, we spent a lot. We probably spent about $300, but uh, we got over 100,000 views with that $300, Nice. Right? Yeah. yeah. And as soon as we hit about 30,000 views, all of a sudden the organic views went through the roof because yeah. people went, well, I want to know why everybody else. So this is like this is social proof. If you've got no views, nobody's going to view your video. If you've yep. got a ton of views, people are going to stop and want to watch it. So it's a great way to add another layer of social proof. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, if you have a look at the most popular videos on YouTube – you want to watch them just to see why why there's such a big fuss, you know, and so it just organically grows so much faster when you start with a good number. Definitely. Yeah, cool. But, yeah, just that tip that I mentioned, like, for social media videos, um, promoting your – well, not promoting, but trying to get people to your site. Yeah, having – like, it's actually a proven strategy. I think um, Keith Krantz from Dominate Web Media talks about this a lot, having – a video testimonial or more a case study than anything showing how people use your product or service is a really good way of getting people to to convert just showing that social proof in the video um, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool so we've covered a lot man but you know basically what we're trying to do is get you to to use consensus on your website and you know if you don't use any at all there's a good chance that your stuff won't be as believable so we really encourage it if you don't have any at all any social proof um, you can reach out to your customers if you haven't some people are quite scared to reach out to their existing customers and ask for a testimonial or, or a case study because they feel like it's rude you know but i fully encourage it i think you should reach out to your customers we actually have it as part of our um, automation process now where you know after i think it's about two months or whatever it is we'll reach out to them and you know ask them a set of questions etc and that's usually a two-month period because we want to see that their website has got results in in that time frame so we can see it before and after yeah um, and like you said you can automate it you yeah know, it's not like uh, i mean look you might may not have the tech to automate it but you could start with just simply you know, having a calendar alert to remind you to send a templated email out to people, you know, so that's partially, at least partially automated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we touched on before, you know, you can lower your, your price to get a, a testimony from an influencer. What we actually do, and I think I've mentioned this on another episode, but we use t-shirt designs for a lead magnet to, you know, to connect with influencers essentially so then we can offer website design services but yeah that in itself is showing social proof you know because we have a t-shirt website with all these famous people on it that we've designed t-shirts for so just think um yourself is there somebody in your in your niche that you can reach out to that's an influencer that's going to have your target audience and offer them something for free in return for that social proof essentially yeah nice yeah, cool. All right. So, um, look, if you still, if you don't have any social proof, it's not the end of the world. Like, you can still lean on the other five principles of influence that we've discussed in this series, and that's going to help conversions. You don't need absolutely every one of these, but the more you have, the better chance of conversions. And that is our series. Mate, just on that, if you don't have any, I, I, I guarantee you just about every business could get two case studies or testimonials together. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really not that hard. So, but that was an absolutely killer series. Look, just before we wrap up, how about we just run through what the whole series covered, and then we'll talk about our awesome giveaway that we've got. <laughs> you got it, buddy. All right. So thanks for hanging in there, listener. This is a longer episode, but uh, yeah, just to summarise, the in the first episode we discussed reciprocity and showed you how giving away as much quality free content as possible on your website subconsciously influence people to give back to you. On the second episode, we discussed authority and explained how to explain that you're an authority in your niche through quality content and other credible elements on your website influence people to take action because they're far more likely to trust a credible, knowledgeable expert. In the third episode, we discussed consistency and showed that by using consistency across everything on your website, from the look and feel to the colors, the call to action buttons, the frequency, the messaging, you'll be more memorable because people as humans are wired to recognize patterns. And over time, you'll be trusted more by being consistent. And in the fourth, we discussed likability, which is a made up word apparently, and it explains, <laughs> it's a good made-up word. <laughs> explains how um, we explain how people buy from other people that they know, like, and trust, and they buy from people that are similar to them, and you know, pay those compliments, etc. And some tips. Sorry, some of the tips were not to be afraid to put your personality online and to interact with your audience and be more helpful. And in the fifth episode, we discussed scarcity and showed you how it's human nature desire more of what there is less of and by using scarcity in your website and your landing pages you create an urgency and that influences people to take action sooner especially if they're procrastinating and yeah to summarize this final final principle is consensus and that's where yeah have others say you do what you say you do by displaying consensus prominently on your website influence people to take action and they feel safer because they know that your stuff has helped others and that's it buddy oh mate that was just awesome. <laughs> I, um, sorry, Greg, I had to copy and paste some of your uh, show notes into my Evernote because there's some really killer stuff in this. Oh, cool, man. So, hey, listen, just let's keep this going because we have to stretch this episode out way longer than we wanted to. We've got an awesome giveaway for our listener for, that we've been running throughout this series. So what we're doing is we're giving away 10 The Real Magic T-shirts, which are awesome. I'm going to confess, I'm not wearing it today because it got to the point where it really needed a wash. <laughs> um, but if you want to check out how good it looks, head over to successshirt.com um, and they're valued at $30 US. And we want to give you as many chances to win. So Greg, do you want to explain how this is going to work? Yeah, absolutely, man. So you can earn as many tickets as possible in the draw. So um, here's how the first way is to subscribe to The Real Magic and go to therealmagic.com and put your email address in to be notified of new episodes and you'll get one ticket. If you leave a positive review on iTunes, you will get five tickets. And if you share this podcast on Facebook or Twitter, you'll get five tickets as well. So if you do leave comments though, we ask you to take a screenshot and send it to win at therealmagic.com to secure your tickets. So good luck. Thanks for listening to this six-part series and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode where we'll announce the winners. Yes, we will announce with winners after this series has gone to air. So good luck and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.